Podcasters, assemble! Hey everyone, it's Rob here, your friendly neighborhood comic geek. Hi, I'm Jason from the Drinkopedia podcast. Hi everybody, this is Becky, Troy's wife. I'm Tyler from Too Young for This Hit. This is Troidal Power. And today we're going to be talking about Iron Man 3. 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 Boy, I wish this film was better. Some people peg Iron Man 2 as um, the weakest of all three. I think Iron Man 3 might do it for me, even though it's Shane Black and he sets yet another movie at Christmas because that's his thing. Iron Man 3 was definitely an interesting movie for me. As an Iron Man fan, they took away Jon Favreau as director and they put in Shane Black. For those of you not in the know, Shane Black is kind of known from like Predator fame and I think the Lethal Weapon series. And so he was bringing kind of this like buddy cop feel to it. But he wanted to strip away Tony Stark from the Iron Man and kind of separate the man from the from the suit and see where that went. I really like that in Iron Man 3, we get to see a lot of Tony Stark as the hero and not just Iron Man as the hero. In my opinion, I think some of it worked and some of it didn't. But I, I, I do enjoy that we get to see Tony Stark without the suit for a bit. You know, who is Tony Stark as a character? You know, let Robert Downey Jr. just full-on RDJ it, you know? Uh, And I think in some ways it it worked pretty well. Happy is fantastic in this movie. From the very beginning, uh, in the flashback scene to Switzerland, uh, or Sweden, I forget which it is. It's 1999, and he's messing with with Maya's plant, and she's like, leave my ficus alone. And they leave the room, and he's like bats at it with his hand <laughs> like just a giant child he's ridiculous oh happy he's so silly um and then and then we see him as the security officer at stark industries and he's telling everybody to put their badges on he's just walking around tapping his badges like no one in the building is wearing their badges but happy wants everybody to have their badges on and he's he's being all super protective of pepper and he's being super protective of tony and he's just he's ridiculous and he's a lot of fun I I love Happy in this movie. At the beginning of the movie, after Pepper Potts passes on Killian's idea, he gives her a weird kiss on the cheek because he's just, he's, he's nasty. He's a nasty boy and I hate him and he's gross and it's upsetting. Tony is trying on his new suit. Well, trying to try on his new suit. And Jarvis is you know, throwing the pieces out. The pieces are just like flying across the room um, really fast. They're crashing into things. And um, finally, Tony gets the suit on and he like slams his fist down on the ground. And he's like, I'm amazing. And then something flies into his back and all of the pieces fly off of him everywhere and crash all over the ground. And it's really funny. And it's just like a perfect moment for Tony. <laughs> when Pepper comes home, uh, she sees the Iron Man suit sitting on the couch and assumes Tony's in it. And 
starts flirting with him and says, why don't you flip up that face mask and give me a kiss? And he's like, oh, beep, bop, boop, something's wrong with it. You want to you wanna just kiss the facial slit? It's just it's such a silly, dumb line. And then it turns out it's because Tony's downstairs. Not even, he can't even pay attention enough to show up when Pepper gets home. It's, it's really upsetting where Tony's at at the start of this movie. Uh, I do appreciate that that after she kind of realizes that he's downstairs, he does come clean. He says, you know, I'm, I'm a mess. It's been going on for a while. I haven't really talked about it. I'm going to try and be better. I, I appreciate that, that he f- figures out that he's got a problem, but it's, it's tough to see him this way. I love the idea of Tony Stark having PTSD because that whole, this whole film pays off in one moment at the beginning of infinity war where Tony Stark says, this is it. The thing he's been dreading ever since the first Avengers, when he was willing to die, he goes, he sees a whole armada. He, you know, takes the nuke out into space. And Iron Man 3 is him dealing with that reality in a way that I think was important for us to see at least one character do. And then it informs all of the other bad decisions Tony Stark keeps making. He makes Ultron because he's terrified of what will happen to the Earth. He he starts working on Vision because he's terrified of what will happen to the Earth. He has a orbiting satellite uh, to help him take down the Hulk because of what will happen, you know, to the Earth. He's terrified of everything, and he has too much ego and believes he is the only one that can stop it. The attack on Tony's house is stunning and upsetting. Uh, Tony, Pepper, and Maya are inside. Tony and Pepper are arguing. Maya's watching the news broadcast and sees a missile coming in. And just all hell breaks loose. It is grounded and intense and scary in a way that that the Marvel movies don't always do. The action's usually a little more bombastic. And this is just, it's intense. And Tony loses this battle. I mean, he ends up buried in the bottom of the ocean. It's only by pure luck and Jarvis's quick thinking that Tony manages to survive this. Um, but it's it's... It's it's a different kind of action scene than we normally get, and I really like it as a change of pace. So the Stanley moment in this movie is um, there is a Chattanooga beauty pageant going on, and um, it cuts to um, the judges, and um, one of the guys is Stanley. And he's holding up a 10 for the score. And he's like smiling really big and doesn't say anything. Oh, man. One more great line. Tony is in a news van. He's using the uh, the uplink from the news van to hack into government files and find information on AIM. Uh, and, and in order to do so, he meets the guy who runs the van, who's a huge Tony Stark fanboy. He's got a terrible version of a Tony Stark facial hair setup. He's got a, a bad Stark tattoo on his arm, which he says is they made it based on a doll that he made, which is just weird. Um, but, but Tony's trying to get him to calm down. Like, okay, I need your help. I need you to go up top, the, up the connection speed. It, it's a mission. I need your help. Tony needs Gary. And then there's just a pause, and then the other guy goes, and Gary needs Tony. And it's such a wonderful little moment. Oh, Gary. He's 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 the hero. He's the true hero of this flick. They should have called it Gary Man 3. <laughs> so Tony is 
fighting this chick from the bar and she's one of the people that have like the the fire thing inside of them and he's fighting her and then he like runs and like jumps through the window of a restaurant and he's hiding behind a counter and she comes around the corner and then they start fighting and he ends up like lighting the building on like lighting the floor on fire and she walks through the fire and he's like I've dated chicks hotter than you and then he puts the dog tags in the microwave and turns on the gas next to it and ends up blowing up the building and then it cuts to the next scene and she's like hanging on the telephone wire um I just thought it was really funny because she's back My favorite hero moment in Iron Man 3, and and really my favorite action scene as well, both come at the end of the movie. Tony is uh, driving along and talking to Harley on the phone about how the the armor is doing on recharging, and he kind of has another panic attack, worried that the armor is not recharging, and worried about what that means to him, who he is if he can't get to his armor. And Harley says, well, you're a mechanic. Why don't you fix something? Wait, no. Harley says, well, you're a mechanic. Why don't you build something? Which is kind of a dumb line because mechanics fix things, not build things. Although my wife pointed out that most mechanics would also build things too. But anyway, uh, Tony goes, oh man, you're right. And he like totally comes back to himself because he realizes, yeah. He can just he can just build something like he doesn't have a suit, but that's okay. And this leads directly into my favorite action moment of this whole movie, which is a stealth mission. I talked about how much I love stealth missions back in the Thor episode, and here we finally get a successful one. Tony busting into the mansion where the Mandarin has been broadcasting from is a great stealth sequence. He takes out seven dudes without raising any alarms. He's so much better at stealth than Thor is. I love it that he's got all these little gadgets he built. He's got a little little potato gun thing he's knocking people out with. He's got bombs made out of Christmas ornaments for some reason. He's got an oven mitt that's a taser. It's great. This movie has the benefit of two villains. Uh, we have the whole Mandarin, but not the Mandarin. It's real sh- I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't like it. Ben Kingsley as an actor is fine and as that role is fine, but I don't I don't appreciate the reveal, honestly. It's such a weird twist, but I really, really enjoy it. I love Trevor Slattery. He's so, he's just ridiculous. The whole sequence where Tony finally comes face to face with the Mandarin and he's like, hi, my name is Trevor, Trevor Slattery. He's just, I'm an actor. He's so dumb. I love it. He's great. I, I can see why people were upset about this when this movie came out because all the marketing made it out like the Mandarin was going to be real. And the Mandarin is creepy up until the reveal that he's it's just fake. It's all fake. We had Guy Pierce as some flaming monster. I don't understand. Eldritch Killian is an awful villain. I really, really dislike him. I heard that the bad guy was supposed to be uh, the female sort of villain character. But the studio said that they wanted it to be a male villain because people would be more willing to buy male villain action figures or something like that. Something ridiculous like that. He's creepy and upsetting, but he's also just not very interesting. He's he's I guess his whole plan is he's going to 
sell weapons. I mean, except for his weapons are humans, but I don't know. I just I don't really ever get into his uh, his whole spiel at the end of the movie when he's all tripped out on his extremist stuff. He says, I, you wanted the Mandarin. I'm the Mandarin. It's like, no, you're not, though. Like, just the Mandarin was an invention. Don't pretend you're the Mandarin. The real villain here is anxiety. Tony Stark, after going through a wormhole in space, is having a lot of anxiety attacks and he's having a lot of panic attacks. And while I think that was a moment for RDJ to really act it up, I feel that. I feel that as an MCU fan. I feel that as like an internet nerd anxiety, baby. It's it's the real killer. Go to your doctor. Get some prescriptions. Zen. But then later on, they have the one shot that suggests there is a Mandarin. We got the Mandarin tease. Uh, it didn't play out so well with uh, fans. And so for that, they kind of came out with this one shot that kind of teased that there was a there was a Mandarin. And then it was a real fake Mandarin. And now the real fake Mandarin, there's a real, real Mandarin. And so I don't think they went anywhere with that, honestly. But I appreciate that Marvel took, saw, the, saw the criticism, saw what they did, and tried to backtrack on it a bit to kind of tease the future of what could come. Or at least, like, we could play with our imagination. Because honestly, this is a fictional world. It doesn't matter that much. We don't have to get upset about movie things. A little while later, we get another stealth mission where Tony and Rhodey are sneaking into the uh, the oil tanker setup to uh, to try and save the president. This movie loves stealth scenes and it likes showing our heroes as heroes themselves without the suits. I will say for this movie, though, favorite action scene has got to be that moment. He pulls out the house protocol. All the promos had a buttload of suits. He comes out with like 40 suits. It's like... It's like every time you've played with all your action figures and you just pull them out and you just throw them on each other. It is dope. CGI, mess, all the different Iron Man suits. You know, you got homages to the comic books. You've got, you've got your wacky suits. You've got your blue suits, red, black, Power Ranger suit. Let's go. It's awesome. Uh, we get to see Pepper Potts have superhero fire powers, which, again, is really weird. Like, there's some really weird stuff happening in this movie. I have read the extremist storyline, which is what this movie is very loosely based on. Not terribly similar. <laughs> I don't know what this means for her character. I mean, I've seen the rest of the films. Spoilers. It doesn't mean anything for her character. But it seems like it should mean a lot. Yeah, and exploding all the Iron Man suits and saying, I don't need to be Iron Man anymore, but he's still going to be Iron Man anyway. And we know that. I don't know. There's some... There's some thematic things there that I feel don't quite work. Would work well if it was closing out the Iron Man series in total, but that's not what they're doing. Tony says he he fixes her at the end because Extremis is volatile and he figures out how to stabilize it. But does that take away her regenerative abilities? Does it take away her sick ninja moves? I don't know. I mentioned before that I really enjoyed Iron Man 2 where other people didn't. And I think that's because, especially compared to Iron Man 3, I think Shane Black kind of loses what Tony Stark is about, or at least this version of Tony Stark. Uh, you know, he gets a little bit more quippy. He gets a little less serious. You know, I think his anxiety attacks are a thing and a plot device, but I we don't really feel it as an audience because we know he's going to bounce back. But we needed this film, if only for that reaction from him and his uh, dealing with PTSD. I will say I appreciate Robert Downey Jr. doubling down on his, on his Tony Stark performance. 
I like him doubling down on what is Iron Man, what is the Iron Man mythos going forward. It's the start of, you know, Tony Stark's trying to work with this rocket-powered suit thing so he can summon it. He's trying to do everything he can, and it's because at the heart he is afraid. So I do like Robert Downey Jr.'s performance. I like the heart of it, but I think the rest of the film and the rest of the plot is the least strong maybe of the series. I just wish there was more ACDC. I would just wish there was more some of that gritty John Favreau you know, love that was in there. Uh, and Tony Stark, we miss you. Come back to us. My favorite hero moment, Tony wasn't actually in this moment, but I thought it was really sweet. There was a kid throughout the whole movie that like they had a great interaction and I thought the kid was really funny and he handled Tony's personality really well. Tony's quite a dick and can say rude things and the kid just like took it with grain of salt and he had been hiding Tony in his garage and holding the suit in there and kind of helping him get everything back together. But then towards the end of the movie, Tony's gone and, you know, the kid goes and unlocks his garage door and Tony has taken and basically remodeled the whole thing and there's all these like toys and gadgets and a car and like all of this stuff and then there's a little note that says um from the mechanic and i thought that was really sweet the kid looked pretty excited so that is everything podcasters assemble probably is a production of the we can make this work probably podcast network this episode edited and produced by tyler thornton Find more of our shows at probablywork.com and learn how to join the initiative and contribute to future episodes of Podcasters Assemble Probably by looking us up on Twitter as at Casters Assemble. Submissions are always open. Thank you to everyone who was able to contribute to this episode. Be sure to check the show notes for links to all the places you can find them online. Special thanks to executive producer Tyler Thornton for keeping this show on track. Hmm. I'm disagreeing with my own thoughts as I say this. Tyler, Tyler, don't use this part. Troy, don't worry about it. I also won't use any of my own audio either. Podcasters Assemble probably will return in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Whoa, 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 hey, 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 he's here, but he's not here. He's here, but he's not here. Oh, hey, hey, it's comp, hey, it's complicated.